from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's Super Friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that's Ryan, over there is Matt, and we are firing up episode 526 of the pod for you today. This episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast is brought to you by the best and easiest place to play fantasy football, underdogfantasy.com. Matt, how's it going, bud? Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Uh, nothing to complain about over here. All right, you seem pretty fired up to record an episode. <laughs> we'll work on that. I'm so Ryan. excited to be back with you guys. <laughs> Ryan, how about you, bud? Uh, yeah, things are good for me. Uh, I can't believe Matt didn't mention this. It's It's his birthday. We're celebrating Matt's birthday here. Oh, yeah, he's like, the, what are you, like, it's 52 the, now? It's 52? the Dallas Clark birthday. I'm going to leave it there. We'll see. Oh, if you, okay. If you know Dallas Clark's jersey number, then you, you got my birthday. All right. Uh, training camp has started for a handful of teams, guys. There's news trickling in. We will get to that stuff uh, during the startup. By the end of the week, guys, all 32 teams will be in camp. And we are – I just heard this on the radio – we are seven Sundays away from watching oh real gosh. NFL football. Not this preseason stuff that's right around the corner. It's really going to happen any day with the Hall of Fame game uh, early in August. But there, there, real football is on the horizon. And, you know, you may not be able to tell by how Matt's sounds right now, but I'm jacked. I'm ready for football. <laughs> I didn't realize that was the case, but now I'm super pumped. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we gotta uh, we're gonna play running back cash dash or future trash that'll be fun we have uh, a final rookie mock of the year so you know i know there's leagues out there i host a league a couple of them actually that have late rookie drafts and i absolutely love having one or two of those every year so we'll do one last rookie mock and go through about three rounds uh of picks so we can get everybody fired up for for their rookies rookie drafts this year but first we need to we need to hit the startup button. The startup. Yeah, the startup is is going to be pretty well the same every single week, I think, guys, moving forward throughout training camp. We're going to talk about news and notes from around training camps. Um, and we, we did this last week a little bit. It does feel a little bit more this week, Ryan, like some of the news that's kind of trickling in off some of the beat reporters is is a little more solid. It is is a, it's a little bit less of the, well, I think that this could happen, and a little bit more of this is what I'm seeing on the field, and we're allowed to to maybe make a judgment on how that affects dynasty value moving forward. Yeah, definitely getting some uh, some clearer, more concrete uh, reports. Uh, most notably, and I think the most important, is the James Robinson story, which is a shocker to me. Of course, coming off the Achilles uh, injury pretty late in the season. I mean, we were even looking at, at guys who tore their ACL who are uh, around that same time frame who are not going to be ready uh, for the season, let alone training camp. And here we get the report that, James Robinson will uh, be active to start training camp, not go on that uh, camp pup. A major surprise and obviously a good thing for his value. And we can we can discuss what it does to Travis Etienne. Yeah, that, that's where I wanted to bring the conversation because Etienne has been a riser throughout the offseason. It really feels, Matt, 
Like he's go moving up ADP. There's a lot of positivity when it comes to ETN among the dynasty community. I'm wondering if this this news of Robinson starting camp in the huddle with the Jaguars really affects your your outlook for him moving forward. I, I don't think so. I mean, this. I mean, if, I, I just don't know what to do with James Robinson. We have been doubting him in his entire career, and now he's what set, barely seven months removed from this Achilles. Uh, back going to be ready for training camp while these ACLs, like you mentioned, are, are not ready and they will be starting on the pup then, and they've had more time to heal than James Robin. So then, so, but I think, you know, I, I ETN, we were, we're most excited about his pass catching ability, right? So I think he's still going to be that playmaker. He's still going to be, get, get those touches. I think that are the high value ones, you know, I think Robinson, if, if he is completely healthy, if he doesn't look like Cam Akers did when he first came back from his Achilles, then I think he will get, you know, that those early down roll, uh, for the most part, and also the goal line touches. So I think you could say maybe Travis ETN is a little bit overvalued just based on his kind of his meteoric rise this, this off season, all the early reports of him, uh, being completely healthy and out there catching passes and running routes and all that kind of stuff. So, but but we get, always get into this problem with him at running back thirteen in, in in July. You know, he's a he is ahead of Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins, who I think probably both of us would, or all three of us would probably have rather have ahead of him. But then the guys above him, guys like Chubb and Henry. You know, I just I, I think I'm probably going to take the age discount there. So I think he's probably a little bit highly over a little bit overvalued right now. But I don't think it's. Uh, really egregious. I think he's almost in the right spot. ETN, it feels like one of the players that I want to invest in in those underdog drafts that we're doing right now uh, and have wanted to over the last month. I don't think this really gives me much pause on that, Ryan, when it comes to ETN's short-term and long-term value. How about you? No, I don't think so either. I think ETN is is on the way up uh, and and deservedly so uh, value-wise. Um, and I don't think I'm with you. I don't think this changes much. It's, as I said, it's certainly a good thing for Robinson's value. If, if you held on to him or if you bought low in dynasty, uh, you, you know, good on you, it looks like, um, but at the same time, we, we still need to see, uh, the player come back and actually perform on the field and, uh, just being healthy enough to play in practice is, is a, a great start, but, um, there's, there's still a long way to go from here. Matt mentioned the pass catching that ETN brings to the table. It should be mentioned that James Robinson wasn't, hasn't been a slouch in that, no. uh, in that category at all. In his couple years in the league, 17% of his fantasy points came from receptions last year, another 12 and a half from receiving yards. So almost 30% of his production coming as a pass catcher. Um, one of those running backs that we talk about regularly that although he's known as a thumper and a bruiser inside scoring points by, by racking up yardage on the ground and scoring rushing touchdowns, those three or four catches every single week really have helped him out. Um, I'm like you, Ryan, I'm, I'm happy the guy is getting healthy and we get to see him on the field once again, cause he's been such a great story the last couple seasons, RB 23, a year ago, running back seven as a rookie, of course, I think there's plenty to go around in Jacksonville. Um, and I'd like to see honestly, James Robinson step into that flex role, maybe even low end RB two type production once again, cause he is a fun tailback to watch run the rock. Let's move on to Las Vegas, guys, because the Raiders are rumored to be thinking about using a situational committee, uh, quote-unquote situational committee in their backfield. Of course, Josh Jacobs is is the starter there, RB11 in 2021, RB8 in 2020, and RB21 in his rookie season 2019. Already rumors of this committee now. Kenyon Drake is back. The team signed Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden in free agency. Also drafted a couple of running backs, including Zamir White in the fourth round. So, you know, with all that, Ryan, and the Raiders not picking up that fifth-year option for Josh Jacobs, it really feels to me that Josh McDaniels doesn't really want to feature Josh Jacobs uh, that that makes him a, a questionable running back, too, if you're looking for production right away in 2022. Yeah, I mean, a, a running back committee is is scary enough when uh, when you've got a guy like Josh Jacobs on your roster. But to for the reporter, and I believe it was Charles Robinson from Yahoo, for him to point out and, and use the language, a situational committee, 
that that's just not great for for Josh Jacobs because we know in his career he hasn't been used as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And based on this report, based on the strength of of Kenyon Drake, we can assume that's going to continue. And with adding Zamir White to the backfield, uh, clearly, if you've seen him play or even seen his um, seen the size of that guy, you know he's going to be used in that short yardage those short yarded situations. So, I mean, we could be looking at, at Josh Jacobs as a guy who gets little red zone usage and gets little passing game usage. And that is definitely two big strikes against a player. Yeah, I, this one's a tough one. I mean, there's, there's so many ways you can look at it. Uh, the, the, the committee thing is certainly not good with all of those pieces there. That said, I do think he's by far the most talented of those. We haven't seen him use his pass catching use like we hoped coming out of college. So I think there's a little bit of untapped potential there. His first two seasons in the league, over 1,000 yards last season, probably would have got there, but but missed a, a, a few games. Um you know, always a, always a threat to score a touchdown, nine last season, 12 the year before, seven as a rookie. And if if they turn him into, say, Damian Harris, not to say we're excited about Damian Harris from a dynasty value standpoint, but last season, very a touchdown-dependent runner, 15 touchdowns. If he, if he hits that 10 to 12 touchdown mark, I don't think we're going to be that disappointed with him at his current price at running back 26. He's not even a running back two anymore, which seems seems strange for a guy that's not even quite 25. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens on his next team. It seems clear at this point that they're not going to bring him back since they passed on the fifth year option. So this could be, uh, I guess, after this season, this could be, I think, could be a, a real nice buying opportunity for Josh Jacobs. Mm, we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about Jacobs, maybe even get to it a little bit later in the program as well as we talk about some of the scary RB2s and RB3s that are out there right now. Let's talk about the last running back we need to we need to bring up here in the startup. It's Alvin Kamara. The legal update, Ryan. There there really hasn't been one, right? We're we're waiting to hear how the NFL's gonna gonna hand down punishment. They're they're monitoring the situation. No firm timeline is is really the quote that that really comes out of the headlines so far. This this really feels to me, especially when you when you look at the actions of the Saints, because they haven't. They haven't really brought a lot of running backs in. They certainly haven't signed anybody else. They're they're depending on Mark Ingram to be their primary backup at this point. All those things really point to me to the Saints probably not expecting any any kind of punishment to be handed down this season. And they we might have Elvin Kamara for all of 2022. Yeah, definitely starting to feel that way. Um, I, I don't really know necessarily where this came from, but it was like, a couple months ago, there was just a collective agreement in the fantasy community that we just all knew Alvin Kamara was going to get a six-game suspension for this uh, this fight he had at the Pro Bowl. And like you said, there really just hasn't been anything official um, since then, or and there and there still isn't. So as as we get closer to training camp and as camps open, we get close to preseason action. It is starting to feel like. Uh, the whole season could go by before we uh, before we get any type of suspension. The NFL typically does not hand those down during the season. I think it would be it would be very rare for that to happen, especially um, this type of situation, which is um, you know not to say it's not serious, but uh, it, it's maybe less serious than some other um, off field legal issues that that players have been involved in. So. Because of that, it, it is starting to look like we're going to have Kamara. And, and I think you made a great point there. The Saints haven't brought in that, that other running back. And usually the, you know, the, the teams know before we know, certainly. Um, so I, I think that's a good, uh, a good hint of what's going to happen here. And we've seen Kamara's ADP drop in, in really all formats. And uh, I think maybe some, uh, some dynasty managers are getting some bargains out there on Kamara. Kamara's ADP 16 among running backs right now seems like a bargain considering the production we've seen in recent years RB9 last year in 13 games Matt uh, he was a top 16 running back in nine of those games in 2021 so as far as production goes Elvin Kamara when he's on the field he's going to produce for us are you all that worried about what's going on off the field 
I don't think I am for this for this season. I, I would like to highlight uh, somebody for football guys, Drew Davenport. He's a he's a lawyer and always has uh, incredible threads on these 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 players that get in trouble off off the field. Um, and I was really afraid about Kamara, um, and I was trying to actively move him long before uh, we heard about the news of him possibly getting six games, all that kind of stuff, and just had had really had no luck. Um, and now, you know, Drew made me feel a little bit better with, with what he said and that it's basically, you know, who knows? Nobody knows for sure, but unlikely that he's going to get any suspension this year, and if there is any legal action, it wouldn't come until the 2023 season. So, I mean, as a if you are a competing team on a, in a dynasty, on a dynasty Dynasty League, then I feel like, yeah, like you said, he's an easy buy right now. I, I was trying to get a, a, a first, any, any, basically any first for him, and I couldn't get that done as early as, uh, as, as just a couple of weeks ago. So if you're a contender, a strong contender, and you're missing some running back production, I feel like sending your presumably late first next season is a is a pretty good use of Kamara. doesn't feel good to pay for a running back that's 27 years old, um, but – I mean, if he's the top five running back for us this season, which I think is certainly possible if he plays the whole season, uh, then I think it's well worth that cost. Oh, boy. I, no, I don't do feel, it. I could feel McDowell <laughs> in the rage building. He hates it. He does. He, does. he hates it. I get it. <laughs> I, I feel flushed. I don't flushed. love it myself. I, I, traded, I traded Kamara a month and a half ago-ish and to bring in Hollywood Brown. And now that's a contract league, I think that's and totally fair. you know there's there's other factors involved there. But I, I I've been ready to move off of him for almost a whole year now, and that's even considering while he was having that great season last year when he was carrying a lot of us for stretches of the season. Kamara, I'm sure, will be very very good in 2022 when he's on the field. Uh, I'm just not 100% sure uh, how much longer beyond this season that's going to last. And investing a, a future first-round pick in a class where where we're pretty excited about the, the depth of it and, and the star power in it, I don't know if that's the best way to go for my teams. But, but Matt, if, if I, I don't think I got them in any leagues what's, that we're what's, in together. What's Hollywood I, cost? He's that's what, a, that's, mid to late for yeah, he's I just think it's late, a pretty right? fair, pretty, pretty fair, pretty even. Obviously, I think you'd rather have Hollywood, but... I don't know on a team like I said on a team where I'm like a top three team, I, I feel I feel okay about it. If yeah, I get that top t- top ten production. I mean, I think there are way worse ways to spend your first round pick. It's always a question of what else you can you get for your late first. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I might be wrong. We're gonna have another chance to talk about Kamara here in a second. Let's get to our second segment of the show. Cash, stash, or future trash. Yeah, one of our favorites here on the DLF Dynasty podcast. It is cash, stash, or future trash. And we are putting a different spin on it this week. Uh, Talking about scary RB2s, RB3s, those guys right on the fringe, really. We're going to start it with Alvin Kamara at 16 among running backs right now. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of... A lot of ways to take this conversation. I thought it would be fun to talk about it, it as as our cash dash or future trash. We're we're cash plays. We, we got we're gonna call these guys out as cash dash or trash. And a cash play, a cash player is is a player that we think their ADP will be four plus spots higher in July of 2023. So I guess we're we're kind of getting in the dynasty DeLorean as well in this segment. We're gonna we're gonna flash forward and, and try to predict what's gonna happen. Stash players, those are those are players where the ADP will be about the same a year from now. And trash, those are players where that ADP will drop at least four spots and maybe even more. Uh, historically, Ryan, I, I dug into this a little bit and it seems like the RB2s really change from year to year. It's very rare that more than two or three of the same names fall within 13 and 24. We're going to stretch this out into the low or the high-end RB3s as well. I, I was kind of shocked, honestly, that the RB2s don't stay all that consistent. We always talk about it as RB1s, but those RB, RB2s change over routinely as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got your natural changes from uh, from year to year with obviously new rookies coming in. Um, of course, that players in that RB2 range are always going to get pushed down by those rookies. So, I mean, you can look at your top five, eight running backs, and uh, not only are they giving us that consistent production, but they have obviously higher value where uh, most rookies are not going to impact their value. 
But here when you get to RB15, RB18 and, and lower, we see a lot of shuffling around, as you said. So let's start at RB16, the aforementioned Alvin Kamara of the Saints, 27 years old, a year ago, Matt, RB5. So if you had to call this one, cash, dash, or trash, a year from now, what's Alvin Kamara? Based on our our criteria, I'm going to call him trash, even though I just said you should trade for him. However, that doesn't reflect (laughs) his production this year. Uh, It just reflects the state of the running pack position in general looking just looking back a little bit back to 2017 there's only been two running backs uh excuse me two running back ones by adp uh in july uh that have been age 28 and older that was LaShawn mccoy was 29 in 2017 was running back 12 and derrick henry was 28 in uh this this season at our running back 11 uh, and then we have two uh, excuse me three more that have hit there at 27 plus david johnson in 2019 derrick henry again last season and austin eckler this season. Other than that, that's it. So Austin Eckler, or excuse me, Alvin Kamara is going to be 28 next season. That to me says there's no way he can increase his value. He's not going to get to that running back one status, which would make him running back 12 or better this time next year. So uh, I think he's much more likely to fall. So I'm just going to say trash for based on our criteria. Ryan. This was a tough one for me. Uh, I certainly don't expect him to rise four spots. I think we can eliminate that uh, immediately. And and actually, everybody that we're going to talk about in this uh, in this group of running backs, again, you think about the 2023 rookies one year from now, we know B. John Robinson is going to be ahead of those guys, probably going to be a top three or five running back. Jameer Gibbs, Zach Evans, uh, Sean Tucker, Tank Bigsby, those guys all have the possibility to be in this range as well. So it's going to it's gonna be a tough task for any of these running backs to gain four spots in, in, in that running back ADP. I don't think Kamara does it, but I also don't think he, uh, he drops for either. I'm going to call him a stash. I think he basically stays within the same value range, in part because of the production Matt mentioned. I guess I'm baking in. I guess I'm baking in that suspension risk getting pushed forward to 2023. I guess I should have sure. mentioned that when I was talking. But that's that. That to me is if he if for some reason he misses a significant portion of next season, we find that out. You know, towards the end of this season or early next off season, then that's to me is going to drop him. Well, and that, I mean that's why he's where he is now, right? I mean because yeah. of that suspension. I guess that's fair. I that's think may already be baked in. Yeah. I, I tend to agree that he will lose a little bit of value. I have a hard time thinking he's going to be outside the top 20 at running back because, like I mentioned before, 9 of 13 games in the top 16. Really dominant for stretches of last season. A couple of number one overall type finishes um, on specific weeks. The, he's carrying dynasty manager still. I expect him to do that throughout this season and people won't give up on him. I'll say he is a stash as well. This is a fun conversation. Aaron Jones, similar age. He's about 27 and a half. Last year, he was RB15. Right now, he's RB17 in July ADP, Matt. Last season, finished as the RB10, a top 24 running back in 11 of 15 games. Uh, and had four RB1 finishes. So what do you think of Aaron Jones finishing in this range next year? Cash, stash, or trash? I th- I'm going to call him a stash because I think his season is just going to be so good that even despite him you know, being 28 and a half year old at this time next season, that he's going to be in this mid to late running back two range. You know, Kick him down to 24 if you want, which I guess would, would, would uh, qualify him as trash. But I think he's going to be in this like 18 to 20-ish range uh, after he has an incredible season, you know, if if, he, if for some reason he doesn't get any uh, a lot of touchdowns, most of those go to AJ Dillon. His production isn't necessarily as high as we as, as I think he's going to be, which is you know the top five to six range at the position. Uh, then I could see him following farther than that, but uh, I, I think he's more of a stash. I can't see Aaron Jones finishing twenty twenty two with with less than like sixty five catches if he plays his yeah. thirteen fourteen fifteen games that we expect him to play and that kind of production in the passing game to go along with 190 210 215 carries in on the ground including those that that big play potential that we've seen him have in an offense where I think it's probably pretty fair to say guys Aaron Jones is the biggest playmaker on that offense right now 
He is set up to have a magical type season. Maybe even a a high-end RB1 type season. That all said, 28-and-a-half-year-old running backs do not stick in the top 20, as Matt said earlier with his Kamara uh, analysis. I'm surprised you, you said... You said trash with Kamara and stash with Jones because I'm going to go the other way. I There's questions about his contract in Green Bay, how long he'll remain there. Um, even with a big season, I could see him falling outside the top 20 pretty easily. So I'm going to say trash reluctantly. Yeah, I had him in the trash category as well. Although I agree with everything you both said have said I, I i do think he's in for a big year um almost by default because of uh the way green bay has, has built that team and, and their offense uh but again we know the rookies are going to be ahead of him we can expect uh maybe a young guy or two uh to jump up ahead of him and i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but i think one of his own teammates could jump up ahead of him as well yeah, and we'll get to him here in a second. Kenneth Walker III is one of those young guys that could potentially catapult some of these veterans as well. He comes in at 18 among running backs uh, in July, 21 and a half years old, Ryan. We'll try to get through all of these guys, get all the way through running back 28 in this conversation. So we'll speed up just a little bit. Your thoughts on Kenneth Walker? Well, the age is obviously on his side. I think he's the youngest player that we'll talk about today, the only rookie, I believe, uh, that said, he's got some tough competition this year with Rashad Penny. I don't love the situation. We've talked about him on here before and, and said some of those same things. So I think the age gives him a little value insulation, but I don't expect him to jump four spots necessary to call him cash. I will call Kenneth Walker a stash. I'm going to call him yeah, a stash I'm- as well for all those reasons you mentioned. And I'll add on for him to be cash he has to be like a top 16 running back this year. He has to put up that kind of production and, or at least do that in a stretch over the second half of the season. I I just don't have that much faith in that offensive line and that offense in general to create that kind of opportunity for him. Although I I have a very hard time seeing him fall more than four spots. That would take a catastrophic type season. He's a stash for me as well, Matt. Yep, stash here. Uh, pretty much everything you guys have said. I think he has the he has cash potential. If Rashad Penny is the normal Rashad Penny we think of, and you know playing half of the season or less, I think he has certainly has cash potential there with Kenneth Walker. Uh, and I'm like I like to see him at running back 18 a lot more than I like to see him at running back 14, which is what he was last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a stash, but I think there's a scenario there, easily an easy scenario there where he could be cash. Antonio Gibson is running back 19, 24 years old. Flashback a year ago, guys. He was the RB10. Some of that was on potential. We were expecting big things from Antonio Gibson in 2021. And and honestly, he was pretty good. He was the RB8 last year in, in the entire season. But a lot of that came from playing all 17 games. Pretty productive across those 17 games. Five RB1 games, but five games also where he finished as the RB30 or worse. So a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde. We're not really sure what we're going to get with him. Now there's some competition or continues to be some co- competition in that backfield as well with the young, the, the, the young tailback uh, that they drafted from Alabama as Brian well as Robinson. thank you Brian Robinson <laughs> uh, as well as JD McKissick back in Washington as well just 24 years old as I said Matt your gauge on Antonio Gibson I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with stash uh, I, I don't they know can't if stay, to, they can't all stay Matt they can't all stay I know I, I, I know I just I, maybe I'm holding on to some pre-draft bias here I know all of the question marks he hasn't been used as receiver all of those different things but the guy has put up back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, and he's just 24 years old. Uh, I, I think if he falls out of the running back two situation, which is what we're talking, you know, close to what we're talking about, if we're going to call him a trash player, uh, I would put him at, you know, he'd have to finish at running back 24 or, or, or worse. Um, so I think he's going to stay right in this stash range. I can't see him falling into the running back three range. So here's the thing with, with ADP and with dynasty players is, like, once we – make a decision on a player it's really tough for us to change that uh we've talked about that i've talked about it with leonard fournette his value just fell off the map uh he dropped so far a couple years ago towards the end of his time in jacksonville and 
he's been so good the past couple of years and he's still, you know, he still hasn't really worked his way back up where he was before. We've seen Antonio Gibson, as Dan mentioned, fall nine spots among uh, running back rankings over the past year, uh, running back ADP from RB10 to RB19. I would honestly, I hate to say it because I, I loved Gibson as a player a year ago, but the way they've built that, uh, that backfield unit, it feels kind of like what I said about Josh Jacobs. J.D. McKissick is a better pass catcher. I think Brian Robinson is going to be a better short yardage uh, option. So where does that leave Antonio Gibson? He's trash. He's trash for me too. He's 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 gotta he's gotta have a goal line role or a pass catching role. A year ago, Gibson caught forty two passes, three touchdowns, almost three hundred yards receiving. And sure, if he can match that production again this year, that would be great. But he, it took him all 17 games to do that. And it took a a big uh, on-field percentage for him to do that as well. He was, he was on the field a lot. And I just don't see Washington wanting him to be uh, on the field all that much again in 2022. Let's move on to another tailback that played all 17 games last year and therefore finished as the RB7. That can't be Zeke, right? Everybody hates Zeke. <laughs> Zeke was the RB7 a year ago for the Cowboys, 27 years old now, so a lot like Kamara, a lot like Aaron Jones, who we talked about. Uh, a year ago, flash flashback 12 months, Ryan, he was the RB9 in our ADP. Now RB20, is he going to hold that value through age 28? Uh, no, no. I mean, there, there's so many Zeke haters out there already. Uh, I do expect uh, the Tony Pollard or Tony Pollard's role to grow. I'm I'm definitely not giving up on Zeke. I I do expect a a pretty productive year, but the value is just not going to bounce back at his age with a declining role. He's in that trash category as well. I think he loses more than four spots among running back ADP over the next year. Yeah, I think there's a chance he would be outside the top 30 potentially. I completely agree. And and you know, it's not because Zeke's not a great player and plays through injuries and all those things. His age is getting up there, and and he's really one tweaked hamstring or injury that that forces that production to, to be downhill for for even a stretch of the season away from losing up to ten or twelve spots in our ADP, man. Yeah, it feels weird to say that for a player who's missed what two games in the last total in the last four seasons, uh, a guy who goes over double digits touchdowns twice in the last four seasons and I think that's what's going to take what it's going to take again uh for him to really even be on our radar as a as a as somebody who we might want to plug in into a flex spot next season you know I, I see that him I see him and Pollard scoring like the, the the total point number that they both put up at the end of the season being similar just Zeke doing it a little bit different way if he does come through in the touchdown department but if he doesn't come through in that in that in that area of our game, then I think Pollard's going to outscore him and, and be worth more than him next season from a average draft position standpoint. So got to call Zeke trash uh, as weird as it feels. Let's move on to David Montgomery, RB 21, 25 years old. He was RB 22 last year at this time, Matt. You think he continues to hold that value? Oh, I think he's garbage. Uh, we're maybe the worst team in the league outside of, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't even know a team off the top of my head. Who I would, would less rather be a running back on than the Bears uh, going into this season. So uh, Khalil Herbert is behind him, chomping at the bit, champing at the bit. And uh, I think he's going to have a larger role, bad offensive line, hopefully a good quarterback and, you know, a pretty good wide receiver. And there's not much else on that team to get excited about. So I think he's trash. Yikes. I actually had Montgomery in the stash category. He always seems to uh, outperform expectations. He's he's had really two very strong years in a row. Um, and he, he's the best thing on that Bears offense by a long shot. So, yes, they're going to be trailing a ton, but I, I still expect him to get a, a heavy workload. Uh, still just 25 years old. So not necessarily a player I expect to gain value but uh, I, I can definitely see him maintaining this low-end RB2 uh, value into next year. Yeah, I thought he's going to fall outside that RB2 range, so I made him trash as well. Played 13 games last year, five RB1 finishes, 
Six games, though, with 10 points or fewer. So, you know, that, that up and down production will will force him outside those top 24 running backs, in my opinion, next season. Let's talk about Leonard Fournette, RB22. A year ago, Ryan, you spoke to it. He was RB36 after a productive year, his first year in Tampa in 2019. He's 27 and a half years old going into the season. What are your thoughts on Fournette? Yeah, I, I like the player, but this is another one just due to age, due to situation, uh, situation beyond the 22 season, I should say. Uh, he He's in that trash category. I, I think he falls back down probably as far to you know, somewhere in that 36 range where he was a year ago, uh, especially if he is not with the Buccaneers uh, this time next year. Yeah, and he might he might be a RB1 once again, finished as the RB6 last year and still see that kind of fall. I marked him down as trash as well, Matt. Yep, trash. Uh, purely age-related and situation going into 2023. We already talked about one Green Bay Packer running back. Let's talk about his primary backup, A.J. Dillon, RB23. He was RB33 a year ago, Matt, 24 years old, and last year... 10 or fewer points in 10 of 17 games, finished as the RB22. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dylan? Uh, he's my first cash player from this group. I think he's jumping way ahead. And if you guys, you talked about Aaron Jones's contract. Maybe he's not around next season. If Aaron Jones wasn't in the picture this season, I think he'd be a borderline first round uh, pick in both Dynasty and Redraft. So, uh, even if Aaron Jones does stay healthy all season, has the amazing season we think he's going to have, I still think Dylan is, is moving up the ranks there. I think we're talking about a borderline uh, running back one in terms of ADP next season. I completely agree. I had him as cash as well. Top 18 finish in six games of those seven of, of those um, 11 or excuse me, of those seven, 17 games that he played in and Dylan you know, I mentioned Aaron Jones being the biggest playmaker on the, on that offense. Dylan might be the second biggest playmaker on that offense as well. He should get goal line stuff. He's a better pass catcher. I think he's proven that to dynasty managers as well. I expect him to have a big season, even with Jones having his monster year as well. Ryan, you? Yeah, Dylan was actually a spoiler alert here. The only cash player I had on this list. Oh. Uh, the only player I expect to gain four or more spots in in adp and it's really because of exactly what you said or what you both said i just don't think we've seen the best of aj Dillon yet and i I think we probably get to see that this year let's shoot through these last five or so guys uh quick answers here james connor 27 years old rb39 finished as the rb5 a year ago and top 20 performance in 10 of 15 starts six rb1 finishes matt what do you got on connor Trash. He's just he's just too old to have dynasty value following this season. Similar situation with these other older guys. You know, you're, you're going to ha- love the production this season, but you know, next season is scary. Ryan, yep, trash for me as well. No way he holds on. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is RB25, 24 years old, was the RB59, of course, last year. Finished as the RB25, top 20 in seven of 11 games. Uh, the other four games were big time duds, though. For Elijah Mitchell, is he going to hold on to to RB twenty five ish range value, Ryan? I don't think so. We saw a very impressive rookie season from him, and even with that, he he can't even get up into the RB two range. Dynasty managers just don't trust him. So if there's any issue at all, whether it's a committee, another injury, um, we've already seen the Forty ers draft a, a day two running back. We're basically just looking for a reason to drop him down ADP, so I had him in the trash category. Me too, man. I didn't. I had him as a stash. I just I think we're I think we underrate his little see his last his rookie season a little bit too much. Uh, obviously, the health is a big concern for him, but I think he's the guy there. I know it's going to be a committee, all that kind of stuff, but Jeff Wilson Jr. doesn't inspire confidence except for maybe to steal some touchdowns. You know, say what you want about TDP. He's going to be another big body back. Trey Sermon is is obviously a complete failure. The only one that really like comes close to his skill set, I think, is way back down on the depth chart in Jamichael Hasty. So I think he's going to have have enough work this season. You know, if he stays healthy, to remain in this low end running back two category. RB twenty six is Josh Jacobs. We we kind of previewed this, I guess, in the startup guys. Raiders running back is twenty four and a half years old. 
was the RB21 in ADP last year. Of course, RB26 now finished as the RB11, Matt. You think Jacobs can hold on? I'm going to say stash because I think there's a lot of things going for him. If he does outperform expectations this year, we've already won at his current draft price. And if he goes to a prime landing spot next year in free agency, we're going to be interested in him uh, once again. So trash, I, trash, I called him a stash. Called him a stash. Ryan. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have him as trash as well. I mean, look, he was an RB1 last year despite all these issues, and he still dropped five spots over the past year. So what's going to happen mm. when he's not an RB1? Well said, my friend. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, RB27. He was the RB13, so he lost 14 spots over the last year, just 23 years old, plays in that great offense. But Clyde, um, 10 games last season, five times between the RB10 and RB15 for his finish, the other five times between 26 and 56. Real dud finishes. Matt, if I had to ask you in his career, he's played 23 games. How many times has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scored 20 points? 20 fantasy points in PPR. Three. Three he's times. done it twice. So he's, he's come close a couple. He has a 19 and an 18 or whatever, but feels like in that offense he should be doing better than that. That's why he falls from, tw- from 13 to 27 this year. I don't think he's fallen 14 spots next year, but I think he's fallen more than four. I can't believe it. Clyde, Clyde's not even going to be – he's going to barely be an RB3 at this time next year, Ryan. Well, I, I don't – I hope I don't uh, spoil Matt's answer here, but I don't see any way that you could call, according to these criteria, gaining four, losing four, or, or just maintaining. There's no way Clyde can be a stash. He's either going to come close to meeting the expectations that we've had for him, and he's going to move back up close to an RB1, uh, or he's he's going to do the same thing he's done the past two years, and his value is going to continue to tumble. That's the option I went with, so I put him in the trash category. Matt? Man, I didn't think we were going to disagree this much. Uh, I, Matt, I agree I with the part say, where you said. You think, you think <laughs> 16 through 28 are going to be exactly the same next year? <laughs> Not exactly the same. We got four spots to to play with here. Uh, I but I do agree with Ryan that he's not going to be a stash. That, that is impossible. Uh, and I'm just I don't know. I'm going to bet on the off. I'm going to continue to bet on the offense in town at this price. Like if I'm going to get in, I, I have zero Edwards Lair anywhere except for I think I had him in our Vampire League last season and then then moved off of him. Uh, but uh, I just. I don't know. Unless it's Ronald Jones is going to take everything or Jarek McKinnon at 30 year old is going to, is going to take all the production. I just think he's going to do enough to be able to move up to, I don't, to moving up to running back 23, just inside running back and uh, running back two range. That does not seem outlandish to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to say cash. All right. We got a cash player. That's good. How about Miles <laughs> Sanders? RB 28. He was RB 20 last year, 25 years old, finished between RB 33 and RB 47 in eight of his 12 games last year. Ryan, I don't know how I, I like Miles Sanders, been a fan of him for a long time. I hope he's a stash and proves me wrong, but I don't think the chances are great. I called him trash. I did as well. Same, same thing. I'm a fan, but I can't say that I'm a believer in Miles Sanders anymore. Matt, I, I went the other way again, cast up to tw- running back 24. That does not seem like too big of an ass to me. So if How- he scores four, four or five touchdowns this season compared to the zero of them last season, I think. How many are just on that? So July 2023, how many rookie running backs are ahead of Miles Sanders this time next year? Probably four, three or four. Yeah, there might be five I, or six. Just, I think five, just rookies. maybe six. Yeah. Okay. And so that's going to push him. Oh man, he has to have a really nice season, and and Philadelphia just doesn't let running backs do that anymore. Best uh, got, offensive line in the league, yada yada yada. I just think it's calling him trash at this point. Is uh, whatever. Yeah, he does. I'll, shut, I'll shut up. Matt shut does up. not like to call running backs trash. Uh, guys, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy football all season long, and and. When I say easy, I mean like super easy. No in-season management, no waivers, no trades. Just draft your team for a shot at, get this, $10 million in total prize money with their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. I know Matt does it. I know I do it. Ryan, you do it as well. We're trying to get our share of that money. Come play with us over at underdogfantasy.com. Head to that website or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code DLF and they'll even match your first deposit 
up to 100 bucks. Plus, they'll give you a year of DLF Premium absolutely free, even if you're already a DLF subscriber. That is Underdog Fantasy. Uh, sign up with the promo code DLF and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team against Matt, Ryan, or myself today. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. What do you think, guys? One more time. These rookies, one more draft. Let's do it. We uh, we promised mock drafts the last month or so. We haven't fit one in. This is the week we can do it. We're going to have to do it fast. We only got about 15 minutes, Matt. You drew the 101. We're doing super flex. Of course, it's PPR, and it's an all-rookie draft. Who do you got at 101? Still in a tier of his own. It's, it's Brees Hall at the top. Yeah, I, I would have taken Brees Hall at one as well. I, I really... I don't like the two spot as much as I liked it a month ago, Ryan. And But with that said, I'm still going with Drake London as my guy in Atlanta. Um, those big-bodied receivers that can run like he can, they don't come around all that often, even though they're making wide receivers in a factory coming out of college right now. I want to buy the upside of Drake London if I have the 102. Yeah, I definitely would have taken London there. Um, I think this is a rankings change for me. Actually, it's definitely a rankings change for me. Um, at three, I'm going to take Chris Olave, uh, Saints, son of a Saints rookie uh, receiver. Just really excited about his role. I think after uh, London, it gets a little messy. So I'm going to go with a guy I think can give me maybe more immediate production. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Olave, I think, was my current wide receiver one in this class. He's he's moved up several spots. I think this next pick is still in the same tier. We got a tier of five here. That hasn't changed for me. Uh, I think the highest upside guy is probably Jamison Williams. So I'm going to take the upside play uh, over the safe play. Oh, that burns me. I thought for sure I would get him at five overall. Now I'm... Now I'm kind of stuck in a, the whole rock and a hard hard place situation. I've always been the Traylon Burks guy. I love his game and think he can he can really make a big splash at the next level. However, I don't love that landing spot, uh, and we've talked about that a few times. That that maybe that's not the ideal spot for for like fantasy glory. Although he could be a very good NFL wide receiver in Tennessee. That skill set certainly fits in for that team. I don't know if that turns into a future wide receiver one, however. So I think if I were if I were in a real league doing doing this right now, I think I'd pivot. I think I'd go to Garrett Wilson, and that probably represents a rankings change for me as well. Uh, I will take Burks at uh, here at six. Uh, I do still like the talent, and I don't know, Dan. We said some of those same things that you just said about AJ Brown a few years ago, and. Uh, he fell down rookie drafts because of those things. So uh, I'll take uh, the the most talented wide receiver on the Titans roster. Uh, I, I, I changed my mind. I, I want Burks. <laughs> 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 Matt, who you got at the 107? This is a, 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 a just a cliff, I think, after after that last – after Burks win. I think this is a tier of five again. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you can, I think you can make an argument for any of these guys. I'll, I'm going to stick with – I didn't think I was going to do this, but I'm sticking with draft capital. I'm going to keep Jahan Dotson at the top of this tier. Whoa, I did not see that uh, coming, I didn't, to be honest I with didn't you. Either. Okay. I didn't either. I didn't either until just right now. Um, <laughs> I, you know, we didn't say this, but if we were, if we were, if we were playing in a league right now where you had to start two running backs, would, would only Brees, would Brees Hall be the only running back off the board right now, guys? For me. I, I, he's in the same tier for me, so I can I can see the argument taking here just fine. But he's just not my kind of player. Yeah, I'm I'm going the leagues I play in, most of them at least. You're forced to play two running backs, and and the drafts I've had to this point as well in those leagues see running backs just coming off the board um, in the first round. We we see not only two or three, but sometimes even four or five running backs in in a super flex wow. draft. So I'm I'm really. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Kenneth Walker went second overall a week ago in one of my leagues. And I think it's strictly because you have to start two running backs. It is a salary cap league, and there are some high salaries at the running back position, so that factors in. But I'm starting to feel like Kenneth Walker 
towards the mid to late end of of round one is a little bit of a value. I'll take him here at the eighth pick. Uh, nine, I will, uh, I'll stick with the wide receiver position and I will take Sky Moore. Mm. Yep. Um, this is two guys left in this tier for me. And honestly, I see positives for both. I'm going to stick with the situation and stay with Christian Watson here, but I am certainly concerned, especially with this new mystery pup starting the, the off season on pup list with some undisclosed thing that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but slightly... Slightly more upside than the other guy left in this tier, I think, so I'm sticking with him. Yeah, I wondered if that was going to affect him a great deal. I'll, I'll, I guess I'm probably going to end up going. Ah, I'm really having a, a hard time with my, with my tears. I think, I think at this point, I'm going to flip and take Kenny Pickett with the 11th pick, uh, oh. since Christian Watson is gone. I, I like him right here. Yeah, I thought there were. I thought Pickett was was the next guy. Uh, if you didn't take him, I would have at twelve. Um, at the twelve spot instead, I ooh, I will take. I think I'll take James Cook here. Um, some some of the same things you said. I've seen as well. Uh, those running backs getting pushed up. Uh, there's a couple wide receivers I still like for sure, but uh, I think I can get those in the second round. So round one of our super flex rookie mock uh, goes Brees Hall, Drake London, and Chris Olave to start things up, followed by Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burks. Jahan Dotson went seventh to Matt, followed by Kenneth Walker and Sky Moore, and we finished up round one with the trio of Christian Watson, Kenny Pickett, and James Cook. Let's get through round two here, Matt. Who you got to lead us off? Yeah, there's a receiver here that I really want to take, but if I do, I know I'm going to miss on the running back that I want, so I'm going to go ahead and select Rashad White. Uh, based on all of the things we talked about, Leonard Fournette earlier, I think White mixes in this season, and uh, you know potentially we have a new starter in Tampa Bay with White next year. Yeah, I like that pick. I thought for sure that's who I'd end up going with at the 202, since you left George Pickens for me, who I actually, in my yeah. rankings right now, I have him at wide receiver seven ahead of a, a couple players that have already been picked. That feels like a value to me. I get George Pickens Agreed. at 14 overall, Ryan. I'm going to take Brian Robinson here. That's um, that's higher than ADP, but uh, a player I'm a real big fan of. Uh, kind of mentioned him a little bit earlier with the Antonio Gibson talk. I do see a, a, a role for him as a rookie and uh, maybe even a pretty big role. I actually had Robinson in this spot as well in my rankings. Wow. So you're not you're not alone there, Ryan. I have twelve players written down ahead of Robinson. Whoa. Okay. Well, who's the highest one, Matt? Because you're on the clock. <laughs> I'll take I'll take David Bell, wide receiver, Cleveland. Uh, just seems like a perfect fit if it does end up being uh, J- Jacoby Brissett this season, and if not, then he's got you know he's he's got Deshaun Watson. I had Watson. a draft that I mentioned a couple times already about a week ago. Ryan, you're in that league as well, and David. I tried so hard to get into the third round to get David Bell, and oh never gosh. got in. He went like 34th or 35th in the draft. Just Jeez. a massive bargain for David Bell, uh, who should. I took Brian Robinson over him. You did. You did for sure. Uh, At the 2.05, I'm on the clock here. I'm going to go with another running back that could could mix in early in his career. I I don't know if I love the talent, but I I like the situation and think he might be the best running back on the team. It's Damian Pierce with the Houston Texans. Uh, um I'll, oh sorry is it ryan yeah, it's who's, it's who's, me, who's, who's me sorry or? nope it's me i was not oh, ready my bad. uh i'm gonna go with the homer pick here i think and take my guy wandale robinson at 2.06 i like that one as well matt you're up at 207 yeah 207 isaiah spiller i think he has a role this year and if anything happens to eckler uh i think we have something special all right spiller falls in the middle of the second round i'm up once again this is a spot where a week ago, I would have thought John Mechie was a name that I would consider. But the the recent news, horrible news, really, uh, that he won't be available as a rookie um, because of an, uh, just it's awful, the leukemia that he came down with. That sucks. He's probably falling out of rookie drafts now. Um, instead, I will pivot to Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys. 
Uh, I love the second round running back, second round of rookie drafts. There, there's so many of them, and uh, you know we know a couple of these guys are going to hit. It's it's uh, a, the challenge to find the right ones. I'm going to take uh, Ty Davis Price here at the 2.09. Uh, he's also a player I drafted in that that same rookie draft that we've been mentioning. Mm. Matt, your last pick in round two. Uh, I'm going to take the quarterback one in this class, Malik Willis here. Oh, I man, I had I had 15 guys ahead of him, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should do rookie drafts together. Um, all, everybody I'm, would get who they want. I'm up at the two dot eleven. I'll take another one of those running backs that you just never know could could turn into something i'm gonna go with zamir white the the georgia product that landed with the raiders we might have to wait a year but i i kind of like getting him at 23 overall uh i think i'll go with a quarterback here i'll take desmond ritter to end round two um of course could uh, could see some playing time for the falcons this year all right so round two is in the books it went rashad white followed by George Pickens and Brian Robinson. Then David Bell came off the board. Uh, then we got Damian Pierce and Wandale Robinson to, to finish out the first half of the second round. Isaiah Spiller went next. Then Jalen Tolbert, Ty David Price, Malik Willis, Zamir White, and Desmond Ritter. Let's get through round three real fast, Matt. Who you got? I'll break the seal on tight end with Trey McBride. 90 receptions last year. Going to wait for a little while, but... Uh, tight end one in the class. Yeah, I like that pick. I would have certainly taken Trey McBride had he gotten to me. I'm, I'll go with another running back that sometimes fits into round two. There's been some recent buzz about Tyler Algier in Atlanta. He might be the only real running back on that roster, so he could he could surprise some. I'll take him at the 3.02. 3.03, it's Alec Pierce for me. Uh Going to get some uh, pretty early opportunity with the Colts. Could even be their wide receiver, too, there, potentially. Yeah, that's a nice pick. He was mixing in in the middle of the second round a month or a month and a half ago. So I like that one. Matt, you're up at the 3.04. I feel like he might get taken pretty soon, so I'm going to go with Romeo Dubs. You dirty dog. Lack lack of weapons on the Packers, all that kind of stuff. Maybe more pro-ready than uh, Watson. Yeah, I like that one for sure. Good pick. Uh, I'll go back to running back once again. It's kind of been a theme of the second half of this draft for me. Um, a guy that went undrafted in our live draft just the other day, Ryan, uh, Hassan Haskins, the Michigan product that landed in Tennessee. I really like him as that cuff uh, for Derrick Henry. He's he's another big back, a thumper. He He could do some damage if he gets an opportunity. Uh, at this point, I think you you kind of have to throw out ADP and and just get your guy this late in the in the draft. So I'll just take a guy that I'm uh, interested in, uh, Greg Dulcich here at three point oh six. Yeah, he was yep, next I on my his, my list too. Me me as well. Uh, Albert O. Talk. Uh, it's, I don't know, man. It just feels like Dulcich might be the guy. Um, Oh, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to take. Uh, I'll, I'll, it's, it's super flex still, and I know they just got a new quarterback, but I'll, I'll go with Matt Corral and stash him in the third. I'm up at the 3.08. <laughs> yeah, that's um, probably not a great pick. I'm going to go with a, a little bit of a homer pick as well. I'm from South Dakota, so Pierre Strong, he went to mm-hmm. South Dakota State. I kind of like him in a pass catching role. Hopefully, he can he can grab hold of that role in New England and and make some hay uh, as a late third rounder. I think that makes sense. Uh, I'll go with a running back as well, Keontae Ingram, uh, Arizona. Um, of course, the addition of Daryl Williams definitely hurts Ingram's short term upside, but uh, worth definitely worth a stash late in the third round here. I like that pick. He fits right here in my rankings as well, Matt. Who you got for your final pick of this mock draft? Uh, yeah, I'll go back to tight end uh, and take Chelani Woods, the gigantic monster paired with Mo Alley Cox this season. You know, if things don't go for well for Mo, Mo Alley Cox, maybe we're looking at a change there with Woods next season. I think my last pick, I'm going to go, this might be a little bit off the radar. I'm going to take Calvin Austin, the wide receiver <laughs> for Pittsburgh. Who's Interesting. Uh, uh, what, the, you, what are you, you laughing at, me. Ryan? 
You got me. Oh, I finally got you. I like him as a long-term slot option. He's got a little bit of, like, Hunter Renfro in his game. Yeah, I was I was gonna trust the the Steelers' uh, history there of drafting wide receivers, so I definitely like that pick. Um, instead, I will go with, ugh, um, I'll go with Tyler uh, Beatty out of uh, Balt- the Baltimore rookie. Of course, we know that uh, the Ravens, Dobbins, and uh, Gus Edwards still recovering from injuries, so maybe maybe the late round rookie gets a shot. Round three goes Trey McBride, Tyler Algier, Alec Pierce, Romeo Dubs, and Hassan Haskins, followed by Greg Dulcich, Matt Carell, Pierre Strong, Keontae Ingram, Jelani Woods, Kelvin Austin, and Tyler Beatty. So 36 picks in the books, our last rookie mock of the year. You guys, if you're not already, follow Ryan at RyanMC23. Matt's at MattPriceFF. You can get me at dmiler22 also follow the podcast at dlf podcast lots of good stuff covering all this camp data that's going to be flowing in over the next week we're going to be doing it every single week here on the dlf dynasty podcast we appreciate every one of you for listening once again this week we'll catch you again a week from now thank you for listening to the dlf dynasty podcast please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts